This is the Rod Langway Fan Club. Stretch Run Report. Trade Deadline Edition. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Rod Langway Fan Club podcast. I am your host, Jeff Rollman, joined by a couple of co-hosts that, unfortunately, I was unable to unload at the trade deadline. Mr. Mark Chechnita. I was unwilling to waive my no-movement clause, so I'm still here, whether you like it or not, Rollman. And John Snowden. Okay, it is on between the Rod Langway Fan Club podcast and the Brad Park Appreciation Society. Oh, John. Well, that's <laughs> the swatting that happened last time. Yeah. I mean, I'm still picking out pieces of glass from around the studio. It took me about three weeks to get the tear gas out of the curtains. Uh, look at this place. It's still a mess. I know, I know. John, well, uh, calm uh, down. Enough is enough. Okay, all right. Yeah. We, we got a show to do here. Yeah. All right, just calm down. Just calm I think down. it'll be all right this time. Uh, what do we got on uh, on tap here? Well, we're, the trade deadline just came and went, so we're going to take a look at some of the big moves that were made, um, and it's the stretch run, so we're going to also break down some of the playoff races. Whoa, what's, what's this? Yeah, what is that? Broadcasting live from Bangkok, Thailand, welcome to the Brad Park Appreciation Society. Your time is up, Rod Langway fanboys. We've taken over the airwaves. We're the Brad Park Appreciation Society, Asia's numero uno hockey podcast. Not like those guys from Taiwan. I'm the granddaddy of this here podcast, your host, Goff Trolleman, joined by a couple of puck ranchers, Mob Neck Cheetah, Don Tootin, and Don Bloden. Yippee-yi! Yo! Now that Rod Langway, slop shot like a soft summer breeze. Mustache smelled like a mildewed saddle blanket. And those hosts, they can't tell a jock strap from a bucking strap. That their commission they got? Roman couldn't hit a bull's rump with a handful of banjos. That Chagnita guy don't know dung from wild honey. And that John Snowden, he's always talking like a jackass eating a cactus. Ain't nobody listening to you, boy. Okay. I might have something here. Are we okay? Are we back? Yeah, I think we wrestled it back. Don't see what I mean? These B-Pass guys, Brad. I'm looking over the frequency. Well, they are, they are just one-upping us every step of the way. <sighs> this is out of control. This is, yeah, All right. Out of control. Okay, guys, let's just get through the show. Yeah, the show must go yeah, on. Yeah, I think we got, we've wrested control away from these guys, yeah. Um, okay, so it's the final quarter of the season, and we're going to break down the playoff races. Yes, we are. We're going to break down the playoff races. We're going to talk about some of the teams that are battling it out for playoff spot. Named after Mark, this will be called Stretch Marks. Yes, I do have some stretch marks on my back. When uh, Between grade 8 and grade 9, I... I grew quite a bit, and I've still got these marks on my back. It looks like I was uh, into some kinky stuff with whips, but nope, just stretch marks from growing. Okay. okay. Thanks for that. And um, then we'll do mailbag. Yeah, we'll do the mailbag, everybody's favorite segment, Ask the Commission. Again, you can get your emails in at rodlangwayfanclub at gmail.com or tweet us at rodlangwayfanclub. But first things first, I love trades. Let's get into it, boys. And another trade deadline has come and gone. Maybe uh, there weren't so many big blockbuster deals, but there were some big trades nonetheless. Mark, what caught your eye? Uh, I think the biggest winner has got to be the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, they made a couple pretty off-the-radar moves that no one had really talked about. Uh, the first one that I love the most is probably getting Vincent Trocek out of Florida. Uh, he's had a bit of a down year, but I really think the guy's got 
a lot more good hockey to give and he could make a big difference for them down the stretch. And of course, with the loss of Hamilton, they picked up two defensemen. The first one, Brady Shea. Uh, they gave up a first rounder, but this guy is young. He's a puck mover. He's not quite a Dougie Hamilton, but he plays a similar type of game. And Sami Vatanen was got at a pretty reasonable rate. And I think he's going to help give them D depth as well. Yes, I mean, I, I really like Carolina. They've got a lot more options than they did before the deadline. Much better going into the playoffs. Yeah, to pick up a guy like Trocek, a, a solid centerman who plays pretty big. And to get two mobile defensemen, they did great. Okay, so how about uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins? Uh, they were busy before the trade deadline getting Jason Zucker from Minnesota. Um, and he has really fit in well with Sidney Crosby. Uh, but they made a couple extra moves right at the deadline. Yeah, they managed to repatriate uh, Sherry, Connor Sherry, who was with them a few years back. They, he'd been sent to Buffalo, and now he's coming back. Uh, he's familiar with the system and the players, so he should fit in nicely. And they also picked up veteran Patrick Marlowe from the San Jose Sharks. That's always have, good to have experience in a playoff run. Yeah, I could see him scoring a greasy overtime goal. Some nice depth moves, but I really like the Zucker move. Yes, absolutely. It seems he's clicked with Crosby. And, and Sherry also has history with Crosby, so maybe they'll all team up to make a, a really nice dynamite line. The Edmonton Oilers also made a few moves. Yeah, there have been rumblings that they were after Anthony Athanasiu, and they got their men. They didn't give up anything too... Like, they gave up a second-round pick, so this is nothing major for them. No big prospects going the other way, and... He's one of the few guys in the league that can skate with Connor McDavid, so he could be dynamite on that first line. Yeah, this is really his chance. Um, if he can really make a splash here in Edmonton, and uh, we, we might see offensive ceiling for him like we haven't seen, especially when uh, he was floundering down there in, in Detroit. They also picked up a couple of veterans. Yeah, uh, Mike Green could be a good guy maybe on their second power play unit uh, as a fifth or sixth defenseman. I think if they manage his minutes well, he could make a contribution. And uh, another guy, Tyler Ennis. He's not a top six forward anymore, but Ottawa was using him as a third liner, a little bit of power play time, and he was pitching in some points as well. So that's going to help the Oilers' forward depth. Yeah, I mean, that's something they've lacked for a long time is some forward depth, and this gives them that. Next, we've got to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they've really beefed up they recently. They sure have. I mean, that was absolutely necessary after their, their loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round last year. You know, they got Blake Coleman before the deadline, nice big body who can pot the puck. Um, Barclay Goudreau, another massive body. And they also signed uh, Zach Bogosian. So really beefing it up, like you're saying, and uh, they're going to be a tough team to play against in kind of every facet of the game. Yeah, that was the one knock against Tampa Bay is that they were a little bit soft for playoff hockey, but you throw in all of that sandpaper, and that's pretty much the one need that they've addressed now. Yeah, watch out. And how about the New York Islanders? They made a bit of a splash with the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, they picked up arguably the best forward available, Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Uh, I know that uh, Chris Kreider wasn't traded, so he was pretty much the best guy available, uh, but they paid a premium to get him a first, a second, and a third round pick. Yes, I mean, he is going to fit in very well in the Islander system. I think he's really that kind of uh, Barry Trotz player. But it's a steep price to pay for this guy, right? Three picks? What do you guys think? Is this worth it? I mean, it's going to make them better. Maybe they get out of the first round uh, if they make the playoffs at all. But I don't see it making them a cup contender. So that's a pretty steep price to pay. It is. They at least did something, unlike their uh, counterparts from across town. The Rangers, as you said, were quiet. Kreider doesn't move, signs a seven-year deal. Um, as long as he's not driving any cars. Ouch. Uh, it is a shame to hear what happened <laughs> yeah. to uh, the young goalie. Yeah, Shostorkin's going to miss um, some time here with the cracked Yeah, in yeah. a car accident. I hope they, uh, they get well soon. Yeah. 
Uh, how about the Boston Bruins? Uh, they get Andre Kasha from the Anaheim Ducks. What do we think about this? Yeah, well, they dipped their toe into the pond not once but twice, actually. In two separate t trades, they got Kasha. And then later on, they acquired Nick Ritchie for Danton Heinen. Uh, those are both pretty big guys, especially Ritchie, who was a former first-round pick who hasn't panned out. But he's the kind of guy that might thrive in Boston's rough-and-tumble style of hockey. Yeah, I would expect the fans will love Ritchie. And I think Kasha is a, a nice skill upgrade. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that both these guys will be playoff contributors for the Bruins. How about the Washington Capitals? Um, they also picked up a little sandpaper on their blue line. Yeah, I love the addition. Uh, getting Dylan from San Jose. I mean, he's a really solid defensive defenseman. Blocks shots. Um, just, you know, he's one of those guys that goalies love. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this this Eastern Conference is shaping up to be a war zone in the, in the playoffs with all these big bodies. Um, they also got um, Kovalchuk. Ilya yes, Kovalchuk they did. The Montreal Canadiens. Montreal flipped him. Mark, you're a Montreal Canadian fan. What did you think of that trade? I mean, we got him for nothing. No one was going to give him a chance. Signed him at the league minimum. He had a couple good weeks for us, got a few overtime winners, and they flip him for a third rounder. So it's a win. It sounds like they want to bring him back in the offseason. And uh, one of the reasons why they sent him to Washington was because it was his preferred destination. They're hoping to keep the goodwill going and maybe take a stab at Kobe in the offseason. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see how Kovalchuk fits in there. As um, this minor depth move, they also picked up Daniel Sprung. So all in all, I think it's a pretty good trade deadline for the Washington Capitals. Sure, it strengthened their team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights, they made some moves. Probably most notably, I would say, is they got Alec Martinez. He should help shore up the blue line. They have a decent blue line, but they definitely could have used some depth, and this will help them there. Um, also, picking up Robin Leonard as a backup. Yeah, player. this one was a bit of a surprise to me. Well, I think they probably want to keep Marc-Andre Fleury's minutes uh, manageable down the stretch so that he's fresh for the playoffs. And with Fleury's background and getting injured from time to time, it's a nice insurance policy as well. And let's face it, I don't think they had a lot of confidence in Malcolm Subban. Yeah, he was a highly touted prospect now. be joining his third NHL franchise. It might be too late for him, though. Yeah, uh, another minor move. They got Nick Cousins, just a little extra offensive depth there. Nice depth piece. Uh, he's got decent hands for a bottom six forward, and he's an honest player. He's going to give you 110% every shift. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, they addressed their backup goaltender need. Yeah, the Leafs did their shopping a little bit early. They got Jack Campbell, the goaltender from the LA Kings, and they also picked up Kyle Clifford as well. I think that they killed two birds with one stone here. They needed a goalie. They got one. He's played well since, and Kyle Clifford gives them some size as well. Sure. Uh, I know Jeff had done a lot of research on the big Dennis Mulgan for Mason Marchman trade, but I don't think we're going to get into that one. Oh, rats. Yeah, put put that pad away. Okay. Got some right. numbers, I see. Big numbers. Did the Calgary Flames do enough? They were pretty quiet. Yeah, I'm surprised, actually. I felt like that was a team that needed a shake-up, a big move. But uh, other than picking up uh, Eric Gustafson for a third-round pick, they kind of stood pat. And uh, I'm a little bit worried about that, actually, because I think they could be in trouble. Yeah, they could have maybe done a little bit more. John, were you surprised that your Winnipeg Jets were pretty inactive? They made one deal just before. Yeah, that's right. We got um, Cody Eakin. Um, Don't forget to... Dylan DeMello. Yeah, Dylan DeMello. I mean, <laughs> it was a tough situation for the Jets because it's really hard to know what the future holds for them. I don't think they wanted to give up any picks or prospects. A lot of people were talking about maybe moving Roslovic for a defenseman, but I don't think they were ready to pull the trigger on that one. So a little surprised, but at the same time, it's not all that bad a move for them just to wait it out. Maybe they sneak into the playoffs, but maybe this is just not their year. Yeah, I think they're playing with house money at this point. A yeah. lot of people probably had them out of the playoffs at this point, so yeah. they're still in the mix. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that wraps up our trade deadline talk. Uh, John, kick a tune. Down where the trade winds play. Down where you lose a day. We found a new world where paradise starts. We traded hearts way down where the trade winds play. Music was in. All right, we're back. That was the 1940 track. Trade Wins by Old Blue Eyes, Frank Sinatra. What a guy. What a guy. Eh, a little overrated. <laughs> I've never heard that about Sinatra. Hot take. Yes. All right, boys. Um, we're down to the final quarter of the season, and this segment is called Stretch Marks. So, yeah, it is the stretch run, and we're going to be handing out marks or grades or, I guess, percentages of uh, probability of actually making the playoffs. We're going to kind of break down some of these races as we head down the stretch. Where are we starting, guys? Well, I think we should start off with the Eastern Conference and maybe begin with the Atlantic. Now, the top two teams seem to be staked out, out here with the Boston Bruins and Tampa Bay Lightning. It looks as though those two, two teams have the inside track on home ice. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, it's over. They're one, two... I'm not sure what that order will end up being, but there's no one catching them. Yeah, I mean, yeah I, they're also one-two in the league, so I, yeah, I would fair expect enough. them both to be. Yeah, Tampa Bay has just been stomping recently, and it really wouldn't surprise me if they got that number one seed there. Uh, but after that, I only really see two teams at the Atlantic that have a chance of making it, and I think only one of them will probably get in there. If you look at the standings right now, it's going to be that third spot in the Atlantic that gets in. Um, and right now Toronto's holding that spot down. How are you feeling, Jeff? I am very nervous. The Leafs have not played very well recently. They got a little bit of a bump when they fired Babcock and they brought in Sheldon Keefe, uh, but that seems like a distant memory. Now they're really struggling. Win one, lose two, and they're fighting it out with Florida. Yeah, I mean, so Toronto at the start of the season was projected to do very well and maybe even win that division. What's, what's gone wrong this year with Toronto? They just cannot play very well defensively. Yeah. We've talked so much on this show about their their lack of blue liners, and they've been exposed. Yeah, I didn't like the way they'd put together that blue line, and now losing Morgan Riley. I mean, he's not going to be back until sometime in March, mid-March, late March, who knows, but uh, th they could not afford that loss on the blue line. They did, um, you know, they, I think they made a great move to... Um, you know, to shore up their goaltending, but they really need to play much better defensively, and they need Freddie Anderson to find his game again. Yeah, I mean, but how much can you can you lean on him? They've been leaning on him all season. They gotta play better in front of him, as you guys were just saying. You cannot just lean on your goaltender and expect to just continue to win games over and over. Well, they were recently recently called out in the media by uh, O Dog Jeff O'Neill, who was talking about their lack of commitment and not wanting to get their hands dirty in the corners. And uh, yeah, they've just looked like they're not fully engaged this season. Yeah, the top end talent has played pretty well this sure. year, but um, the bottom six they could use a lot more from their bottom six too. Yeah, absolutely. So, where are we going with marks here? Percentages as as how likely we think they are to make the playoffs. Well, I think they're equally likely as the Florida Panthers, so I'm going to give them 50%. I'm going to give the Leafs, uh, you know, I'm kind of a little bit biased here, a but little. I'm going to say 60-40. I'm going to give them 60. Okay, I guess I'll take the, 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 the middle lane here. The middle lane. I, I'm going to give them a slight edge over Florida. I'm going to say 55%. 
Okay, well, let's follow it up and talk a little bit about Florida's chances. Um, what do you guys think? Well, I mean, Florida, a very disappointing year. You know, they've had a lot of disappointment, especially in net. Bobrovsky, I don't think, has played. He's, you know, he should be a Vesna, Vesna caliber goaltender and has really not lived up to that billing. Yeah, you look at the team they had on paper at the start of the season, and they looked like a shoe-in for a playoff spot, whether it was third or fourth in the division, but uh, they've been underperforming for the most of the year. Barkoff has had a slight drop-off. Not that much. Yeah. Um, Huberto's been great. Yeah. Yandel's struggled recently. Recently, a big struggle from Keith Yandel. I mean, he's been getting 60 points for the last couple of years. A good start to the year for him, but they really need him down the stretch run to, to step up his game. Sure, yeah. Uh, he's been a minus player for the last uh, while here, and uh, that's kind of the issue with them is the decor has not been doing its job. Um, they've been giving up way too many goals, and until they can shore that up, I just, I'm not sure if they're, they're going to get in there. Although, with that having been said, the Leafs have been struggling as well. I think one of those two teams has to make it because the other teams are dead in that division. So mm. I'm giving them 50% because, well, that's what math implies. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, therefore, my mark is 40 for Florida. I still think they've got a good chance, though. Mm, yeah, my math is still good, but I believe I'm going to give them 45% chance. So, yeah, Toronto, I, I just slight inside track. Florida... Right there, yeah. Tough call, though. Let's move on to the Metropolitan yep. Division. And Washington and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has had a great season. Um, they're going to be battling out for the top two seeds. So it looks as though probably both of them will get home ice in the first round. Yeah, you would think so. Um, I guess the first team then to talk about is the Philadelphia Flyers. They're close behind Pittsburgh. They're, they're three points back at the moment um, as we're recording this, but that could also change. Yeah, Philly's had a nice little run recently. Yeah, uh, they've been 7-3 and three over their last 10 games and starting to show some of that promise that we expected from them at the start of the year. I mean, it's a really nice-looking lineup from top to bottom. And now that Carter Hart's healthy again and starting to round into form, I think that they are a shoe-in for the playoffs at this point. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I go to quite that far. I, I do expect them to make it as well, but disappointing seasons from, from some of their top guns. I mean, Claude Giroux has not had a good season at all by his standards. Provorov and Ghost Despair have been pretty poor. Yeah, Ghost Despair, I mean, he's been <clears throat> awful for them. Uh, Voracek has had a bit of a down year Absolutely. as well. Yeah. Their big free agent signing, Kevin Hayes, has been all he's right. He's been all right. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's I what they I, wanted out of him, yeah, right? I Solid think... two-way play, pitching in with some score, and I think he's done the job. I think he's done exactly what he should have done, yeah. Um, obviously, losing Nolan Patrick was a bit of a blow for them, a nice up-and-coming centerman. Um, I think they were hoping he could take a step forward this year. This injury set him back, set the team back, I think, as well. There have been a few nice surprises, though. Travis Connecting is having a breakout season, and recently Scott Lawton's been a pretty good forward for them as well. Yeah. Sure, and J JVR has been okay. He's been okay. Again, I think they need a little bit more out of all of these guys. I mean, they want JVR to be a staple there on the power play. Um, and I just don't think he's done quite as much as you would hope for him. Well, that, that will be the key is that power play, which has the personnel to be dominant. And they've been pretty average so far this I, year. I agreed, agreed. So what's the final marks then? Uh, I, I think with recent play that they've been showing and they're starting to round into form here, I think I'm going to have to go 80%. Whoa. Yep. Okay. 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 Yeah, I'm not quite as optimistic, but I do like their chances. I'm going to say 70 for Philly. Uh, yeah, well, again, I'm taking the middle lane, I suppose, because I do think 75% chance. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think we got to stop letting you go last, John. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. Maybe. So who's next? Well, next, uh, let's take a look at some of the teams that uh, we're going to be battling out for the wild card. Maybe they can get in there in the third spot as well in the Metro. Um, but the New York Islanders. Ugh. Well, you know, you guys yeah. know how I feel about the Islanders. I'm still shocked that they're even in the mix at this point. 
I still don't fully believe in them, but they've stayed relatively healthy and they've been a pretty stable team, not going on any horrible losing streaks. So, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to write them off at this point. I'm going to say they're about a 60% chance. Okay, now John, you and I have been a little bit more bullish on this team, but yeah. they have struggled recently. They have struggled. I mean, they've finally come back down to where I think we thought they, they belong. You know, I do think they still have some life in them. I, I would definitely not write them out. You know, we've talked about them so much this year, I feel like, and it's always the same story. You know, solid team play, pretty good goaltending, great coaching. We've, we've said it over and over again. So I'm just going to go ahead and say 60%. I agree, John. 60%. I'm going to say 60 as well for yeah. the Islanders. Yeah. You guys are just copying my answer. Well, I mean, it seems, you know, it seems like the right answer. Next, we have the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, I think we were all really big on this team yes. at the start of the year. I am, frankly, a little surprised. Um, however, you know, it's still fairly tight. They can move up in the standings. But I still like the outlook of this team down the stretch. Sure. I mean, it was devastating losing Dougie Hamilton. Um, he was such a dynamic player for them back on the blue line. Uh, despite that, I think there's enough talent on this team to get into the playoffs, especially with the additions they made at the deadline shoring up their blue line. I would have to agree. This team has too much offensive firepower. Um, I think they're a fun team. They're a fast team. They're a d dynamic team. And Rod Brindamore is a great coach, and he really gets these guys playing. And uh, Justin Williams is back. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Game 7. So, you know, you got to get him into the playoffs. Well, sure, right? it's the stretch drive. Now it's going to be turning into playoff-type hockey, and who does better in the playoffs than Justin Williams? So he's going to be a nice little piece down the stretch. Yeah. We'll see um, what they do in net, but I'm going to give them an 80% chance. 80%, yeah. okay. I'm going to go a smidge lower at 70% just because of the question marks on the blue line. Wow, you guys are really making me come up the middle again. Oh, come on, John. Well, okay, I'm going to do it a little bit more towards the Jeff lane here. I'm going to say 77. 77 Are you sure you don't want to go 77.5, John? Well, I'm saying 77. Carolina right, Hurricanes 77 it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that, that's about it for the East Coast, isn't it? Yeah, yep. let's, let's head to the wild, wild west, and it really is wild. Let's begin in the Central Division. Now, the top three teams are more or less set. These guys are really going to battle it out for home ice advantage. We've got the Blues on top, um, Colorado, Dallas, but, I mean, these, this could be interchangeable by the end of the year. Yeah, I see all three of these teams as interchangeable. I think they all have the pieces necessary to win a division title. It'll come down probably to who's the healthiest and maybe who gets the best bounces down the stretch. So, I mean, I guess we're talking then about the other two teams, the teams on the outside looking in at the moment, uh, Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets, and the Nashville Predators. So let's start with Winnipeg. What do we think about these guys? Yeah, I think you're right. Probably Minnesota and Chicago don't really have a chance. Um, the Winnipeg Jets, though, I still think the Jets have a shot. Yeah, it's incredible that they're even in the conversation at this point with the defense where they've had to go with. Um, Paul Maurice just got extended, and I think that's deserving to be in a playoff race at this point in the season. I'm not sure if they're going to make it all the way, but, uh, I mean, when you've got quality scoring like Mark Shifley, Patrick Laine, Blake Wheeler, Nicholas Sealers, you're, you're always going to be in the mix. Yeah, absolutely, and, uh, and let's not forget uh, they've got great goaltending from Connor Hellebuck throughout the year. So, I mean, you know, they've got kind of two or three pieces out of the puzzle. Uh, they're missing that D. You know, is it enough to get them in? It might just be it's going to be close. It's going to be close. I think they're going to narrowly miss it. Uh, I'm going to put them at 30%. What do you think, Jeff? I Actually, I'm, I'm a bit more high on this team. I'm going to give them 55 
55. Okay, well, I'm going to go 45%. You're not a real fan then, John. Well, I just think the deficit is too much. That defensive deficit is really going to hurt them. Um, their goal differential has not been great throughout the season. So, you know, I think they're just going to miss. But I would love to see them get in there. And what about the Nashville Predators? Well, I think they're finally starting to hit their stride here when it matters most. Um, and they've been trending up here for a while. Ryan Ellis just back from injury. That's massive it for is, them. He's yeah. He was having an all-star caliber season on pace for a career year. Uh, the one-two punch of Rene and Saros has kind of been a little bit steadier in recent games. So I think that they're, they're probably trending up here. I, I put them at 70%. Whoa. Okay, really. Um, <clears throat> I do worry about that tandem back there. The Rene Saros tandem. I just think they have not been consistent enough throughout the year to really have a lot of confidence in them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it was my Stanley Cup pick, unfortunately. Um, I'm going to give them a 50-50 chance. 50%. You're right about firing their coach, at least. I was. Uh, in so, our preseason. So, yeah, that's right. Um, I, uh, I'm going to say 40, 40% for Nashville. Really? It seems a little harsh, guys. Well, there's a lot of teams. I mean, let's let's move on to the Pacific. Because there is a crazy race going on in the Pacific. Wow, it is incredible. Somebody's going to end up with the crown, and uh, somebody's going to be right out. It's so tight. Yeah, if you're not from California, you're right in the mix for a division title at this point. That's right. San Jose, LA, Anaheim all out. But, I mean, I would say all five teams are worthy of a stretch mark. Sure. Well, let's begin with the Vegas Golden Knights. They surprisingly fired their coach, Gerard Gallant. They played a bit better recently. What do you guys think? Yeah, I don't understand the Gallant firing, but uh, beyond that, uh, the pedigree's there. You know, they're not that far removed from a Stanley Cup Finals appearance. Got a lot of talent up front. Uh, We all know what Marc-Andre Fleury can do when he catches fire. I think as long as he stays healthy, they... I'm going to put them at 90%. There's just too much talent on this roster. I agree with you, Mark. 90%, yeah? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. They're going to make it. I don't know if they'll get the, the division crown, but they're definitely going to yeah, make I mean, it, I would think. We mentioned them showing up their blue line uh, with Alec Martinez. Nice little move there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would go just slightly lower. I think I'm going to say 83%. Oh. 83%. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what about your neck of the woods, uh, Mr. Mark? What about the Oilers? What's their stretch, Mark? Yeah, I know my friends back home have got to be thrilled with how things have gone this season. Looks like they're finally be back in the playoffs. McDavid was out for a little while. He's back now. They didn't really miss a beat. Drysaddle yeah. really stepped up in his absence. Yamamoto's been a great story for them on the second line, giving them some of that secondary scoring they've been looking for. I think I have to put them at 80% at this point. I hate to agree with you, Mark, but with Drysaddle leading the NHL in scoring right now, I believe 80 is the right mark for them. Wow, you guys are uh, in, a, in massive agreement here. I do like this team. I think McDavid and Drysaddle have been unstoppable throughout the bulk of this regular season. I do worry about the defense, and I do worry about the goaltending. Mike Smith and uh, Mikko Koskinen do not inspire a ton of confidence. I, you know, I think they'll make the playoffs. I'm going to give them 70%. 70%. Fair enough for the City of Champions. Yeah. And what about the Vancouver Canucks? Yeah, what a great story they've been. Um, at the start of the year, I know we all kind of made fun of them uh, for some of the acquisitions that they had made and that they were trying to peak too early, but it's paid off in spades. I mean, let's start with JT Miller. They give up a first-round pick to get this guy, and he's been a point-per-game player. Nice compliment to Pedersen on the first line. And Quinn Hughes, oh my goodness, what a dynamic player he's been on the blue line. And the goaltending. 
Markstrom has been rock solid. Yeah. Looks like he's going to get a new contract in Vancouver. Again, I think they're a pretty high probability. I'm going to put them at 75% to get in there. I'm going to say slightly lower at 70. It's a shame that they lost um, Brock Besser, but I still think they've got the horses to squeak in there. Yeah, and again, we, we mentioned their acquisition of Tyler Toffoli. He could be a nice little bit player for them down the stretch. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with you guys. I mean, I think they're going to be in there. I'm going to put them at, you know, 73.5. I'll throw the 0.5 in there. You want to get another decimal in there, like 0.53? No, no, no. <laughs> well, I, I do, you know, 73.5. just seems like the right number. And let's move on to the wild card. What's the outlook on the uh, the Calgary Flames and uh, the Arizona Coyotes? Right. Well, Calgary, I mean, in, what a weird team. I mean, they won the West second in the league last year. It's been a really tough season for them. They really come back down to earth. Um, uh, you know, what do you, what do we think about these guys? They've really underperformed. Yeah, well, you know, look at a guy like Johnny Hockey. Yeah. He's kind of the epitome of this team, right? Yeah. All the high expectations, and he's just, he's been so up and down. More down than up, really. More down than up, absolutely. Um, and this is the guy they look for to lead the squad. Um, yeah. No one's really killing it. No career seasons, really. Um, Giordano's had a bit of a down year as well, and now being banged up. Lindholm has been okay. Monaghan's been all right, but I don't know. I, I just don't have full confidence in this team. And the goaltending, too, has been a little up and down. The Talbot... Riddick combo has been okay, but not really stealing any headlines either. Yeah, a lot of so-so play up and down that roster. I would agree with you there. Um, it's been a tumultuous season for them. I mean, with the firing of Bill Peters and all of that stuff. And of course, you know, they went out on a bad note in the playoffs last year. I, and yeah, I that was like a devastating I feel loss. like they've never really recovered Agreed. from that. I think they're a coin toss at this point, yeah. 50%. Agreed. 50, 50% for this. I, I'm, we're going all in agreement this time. I'm going to say 50, 50 for and these guys. they've been guys. playing a 50, 50 kind of year, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. And the Arizona Coyotes. This is a team that made some moves in the offseason. And, of course, they picked up uh, Taylor Hall. Mm. What's their outlook? You know, when they got Hall, I thought they were going to win the division title, maybe. Uh, and since then, they've dropped to fifth in the division. Now, I realize they're not that far out of first at this point. But I don't know. I, I just, they're not scoring. You look at the talent they have up front. Phil Kessel has been invisible this season. Hall's been okay, but it's not what they wanted from him coming over from the Devils. Uh, Clayton Keller's been all right. Dvorak's been solid, but uh, I don't know. I, I just, hopefully Darcy Kemper coming back can give them a bit of a boost. That one-two punch of Kemper and Ranta is pretty solid. But again, I, I, I can't see them as being any higher than 50. Actually, you know what? I'm going to put them at 40%. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, it is amazing. If you were to tell me, if you were to just show me this team on paper and not tell me they're Arizona, I'd look at it and be like, yeah, this is probably a playoff team, but wow, have they underperformed. As you're saying, Kessel, big disappointment. Um, they had pretty solid goaltending earlier in the season, but it has not pulled them all the way through. I don't know. It's really a tough call. I'm going to give them a 50. 50-50. Because, I mean, the, the talent is certainly there. If they could just turn it up a couple notches, I do think they get in. But they haven't given me a sign they're going to do that. So I'm going to put them in a 50-50. I'm going to put the former Winnipeg Jets at 45. I think the current Winnipeg Jets will surpass them for that last wild card spot. Well, pulling a John there, hey? Yeah. I go 50, he goes 40, you go right down the center. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. I just don't think they have the horses. Um, if they crash out, though, I could see their general manager being fired. Yeah, if they cough up this playoff spot, it might be time to shake things up and uh, move on from John. Not me. John Shaker. John Shaker. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Well, regardless, there is so much left to be decided. I think this is going to be a really fun stretch run. Absolutely. So uh, what's up next? Well, I believe it's our trailer, man. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we've been working on this for a long time. We've had a lot of extra time off because of the coronavirus. We kind of got enveloped in something a little crazy. And, uh, you know, here's a little uh, teaser for everybody. Roll it, John. Well, we were just three guys doing a podcast. Until one night, they stumbled across something shocking. What's that floating in the water? From that moment, there was no turning back. We knew we had to dig a little deeper. But they had no idea how deep they would have to go. So we got the DNA test back. And? What's it say? Then, it got serious. Hey, is that the same scooter? I think he's following us. Let's get out of here. Go, go! From the makers of the Rod Langway Fan Club Podcast comes the groundbreaking four-part expose. We can't control this anymore. The people deserve to know. It's like chasing a ghost. Beyond Rod. I can't believe this is happening to us. Welcome back. John, that was a fantastic trailer. Yeah, I mean, we're trying something new here. I hope everybody loves it. We put a lot of effort into it, and I think everyone will be very surprised. A bit of a risk, uh, but here's a safe bet. Something everyone loves. It's the mailbag. This is Ask the Commish. Sorry, sorry. What was the question? I would totally veto that. What kind of league are we running here anyways? I'll have to consult the rule book on that one. Remember the trade guidelines. Can we get some friendly questions here? You guys have got to dress your players. Got to dress your players. Dress your players. This is everybody's favorite segment. This is Ask the Commish. If you'd like to get something in last minute, remember you can always email us at rodlangwayfanclub at gmail.com or of course, give us a tweet at Rod Langway Fan Club. Uh, what's up there, Marky? I've got an email from Guy from Montreal, and he asks, what do you think about the Zamboni driver getting a win in Toronto the other night? You guys saw this, right? Oh, unbelievable. Thank you, Guillaume from Montreal. Um, yeah, this David Ayers guy, he gets called into the game, Carolina Hurricanes, James Reimer goes down, Peter Morazic goes down, and they pull this guy out of the stands. What a story. He lets in his first two shots, but he gets the win. Yeah, well, it was 4-3 to three at the intermission, and I thought, oh, Toronto's going to light this poor guy up in the third, and then I didn't even bother watching. I don't know, I just thought it was going to be ugly, and I didn't want to see Toronto win, and then I look at it, and it's a 6-3 victory for Carolina. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I mean, the oldest goaltender to get a win is NHL debut, which is pretty astounding. I mean, what a story for the guy. He was so happy, all smiles after the game. Yeah, that was so great to see the way the Carolina Hurricanes um, showered him with water when he came into the dressing room. As a Leaf fan, it was really painful to see <laughs> to see the result. 
But, um, I mean, what a great story. Yeah, you can't not like it, even as a Leafs fan. I know a lot of people were angry about it, saying it was, some people saying it was the Leafs' worst, most embarrassing loss ever. And I thought it was really cool that the Toronto Maple Leaf fans, you know, at the end of the game, they gave him a really nice ovation. Absolutely. I was actually quite surprised by that. Uh, I guess he is a local guy, though. He's from the Toronto area, so... Um... I mean, a lot of the times when people are cheering in Toronto for goalies, it's the Bronx cheer. That's right. Uh, Freddie Anderson, unfortunately, was on the receiving end of a pretty bad Bronx cheer. And he's not the only goalie recently. Um, I don't know. I always feel bad about that, though. To boo, to boo your own goalie, I think that's a bit a step too far. Now, what do you guys think about this? Well, I always think back to the infamous Patrick Waugh incident that was the end of his career as a Canadian. Uh, he got lit up by the Detroit Red Wings and Mario Tromley, the coach at the time, would not take him out. They were not yeah. getting along, and it was his chance to kind of hang the goalie out to dry. And he went to the owner, asked to be traded, and that was it. He went to the Colorado Avalanche, won cups, and it's history from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how I feel about it. As, you know, a Winnipeg Jets fan, I, I would I would be, a, a, you know, shocked and appalled if we ever booed our, our home goalie. I, I just, I, I think it's a bit off, you know? You gotta, you gotta support your team, Absolutely, right? that's your guy. That's your guy and you know, they need the fan support. Especially if the guy has been mostly good this year as Freddie Anderson has been. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's been the backbone of your team and where would you be without him? Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move on to the next one, guys. Sure, um, what do we got here? Well, this uh, one's actually kind of related to what we were just talking about a little bit. Montreal and uh, Detroit trivia. Okay, yeah, we have a, a little tweet here. Uh, Randall from Saginaw. Saginaw, Michigan. Yes. Yeah, which was featured in the Simon and Garfunkel song, America. I don't know if you know that. I did not. Yeah, Saginaw. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> fun fact for you. All right, I like fun facts. Did you know over a quarter of the Detroit Red Wings victories came against one team? The Montreal Canadiens. Ouch. Wow. Uh, well, normally I would go first, but Mark, you're the Montreal Canadiens fan, so what do you have to say? Yeah, I don't know if I'm still a fan at this point after this season, but uh, yeah, I mean, four games, four losses, all in regulation, not even a point. I mean, you ask why Montreal is not in the playoffs, there's your answer. you got to get points against the worst team in the league. Absolutely embarrassing. Yeah, it is embarrassing. It's astounding. I mean, 25% a quarter is, is you know, that's a black mark. For your Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, yeah, that is rough if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan. I mean, here, Detroit is officially out of the playoffs. They were just eliminated the other day. First team. And, yeah. um, I mean, we still have just less than 20 games left to go. And they're going to, the, their goal differential could be the worst, I believe, since the Atlanta Thrashers expansion yeah. team. Well, so it's, minus, it's, it's more than a minus 100 right yeah, now. Yeah, they're on pace for a minus 160. Yeah, which, which will give the, give the Thrashers a run for their money, the yeah. expansion team. Well, the Thrasher should write a thank you note to the Montreal Canadiens for maybe uh, keeping them in the record books. It is impressive, yeah. Um, poor Montreal. Poor Detroit. Um, I don't know who's worse off in that situation. Well, at least Detroit's going to get the first overall that's pick, the thing, probably. Right? I mean, that that's something Lafreniere would look good in a Habs jersey, but uh, probably not going to be probably the case. Probably not going to happen, no, no. All right, what do we have up next? Uh, we have another tweet here. This is from Lamadama Ding Dong. And Lamadama Ding Dong is from Canton, Ohio. Okay. Um, and he or she, I think it's a she. I just feel like it's a she. Um, she writes, Cassian's kick got him a seven-game suspension. Too harsh, too light, or just right? Thanks for the question. 
Oh, Cassian, I cannot believe he's coming off of a two-game suspension for ragdolling uh, to Chuck in Calgary. Yeah. And then he gets seven games for this kick. It's outrageous. Uh, Well-deserved seven games. I think they got this one almost right. Um, it seemed to me like, I know they got tangled up, and it really did seem like he was trying to kick his skate loose to try and get himself loose. And I don't know. I don't know if it was necessarily malicious, but it was certainly careless and dangerous. So I think it warranted seven games for sure. Yeah, I don't know if I buy his excuse. Uh, also, you've got a blade attached to your foot and you kick somebody with it. I mean, he's got to know better than that. This guy's a total meathead. I thought he got off light with the two-game suspension. I think he got off light again. I would have suspended him for the rest of the regular season. Well, I mean, I don't know if I would have gone that harsh, although I would agree with you that I think he got off light. You know, this is something that you've been taught since the time you started playing hockey that you do not do. You don't, you don't kick somebody with the blade on your skate. You just don't do that. Um, I think he should have got 15 games, something like that. And, you know, the, the, there was a lot of people saying he should get five. There's a lot of people saying he should get ten. There was people like you, Mark, saying he should get the rest of the season. Uh, I think a little more would have been okay. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty dumb. Pretty dumb. Um, nothing quite compared to, remember the old Chris Simon stomp? Uh, I think he got 20 yeah, games for, for that. That was especially uh, a vicious. Yeah. But this was terrible. Yeah, yeah, but you also have to keep in mind that in that era of hockey, suspensions were generally lighter. So that 20 games today, I bet you would be 40 games or even more. Yeah, I really hope that, you know, Cassian has worked out really well in Edmonton when he came over from Montreal. It looked like his career was on the rocks. He's resurrected himself. He signed a new deal. And he's looking a lot better. I just hope he's learned something from this. I don't know. I, I'm not sure this man is capable of learning. He just reminds me of the messages I used to get as a kid on my report card. Mark needs to think before he acts. I had problems with that in, you know, when I was nine years <laughs> old. Yeah, okay. Zach still struggles with it in his mid-twenties, it seems. Well, geez, Mark, uh, being from Edmonton, I hope you don't run into him when you're home next summer. Yeah, I don't think we run in the same circles. Yeah, okay. Okay, I think we got time for one more, yeah? Sure. Okay, so yeah, we've got something here from Iron Byron. Uh, he says, there's been a bit of an uproar on Twitter about a pretty blatant error made by one of your hosts. It's time for a little accountability. Mm. Ooh, yeah. Um, this was um, a hashtag that was trending on Twitter. It just basically said, um, hashtag cancel John. Yeah, I kind of figured this one would uh, come back on you, John. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was an honest mistake. Um, the last episode we did, Joe Pavelski's name came up. That's right. Well, John mentioned that Joe Pavelski had been acquired in a trade when, in fact, he was signed as a free agent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose, I, you know, well, a couple things, really. You've gotten a lot of heat. I don't I've think gotten it's really fair. Well, we support you, John. I, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Um, I don't know if I would say it's not fair. It probably is fair. I probably should have got out in front of this much earlier. Um... A lot of people are angry, and I hate to see people angry. And, you know, a lot of that heat was was directed at me, but not just at me, also at the, at the podcast. Um, I've really been thinking a lot about this, actually. I just, you know, I hope that, you know, our relationship has not been soured, and I hope we can continue to work as we've been working over the past four seasons. I hope you guys, you know, will, will let me stick around. Well, I've been doing a lot of soul-searching these past few weeks, John, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I mean... I haven't led a perfect life either. No, no, I know. And I'm, I'm willing to forgive you. I just hope that our audience can be as forgiving. I think they can, John. I support you 110%. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you misspoke. 
I did. You, I did. you weren't trying to, no, to no, no, lie no, to anybody, no. you know? Um, you misspoke. Yeah, and I hope... We've reached out to the Bavelsky family. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah and, I uh, hope that they don't. I think, I think it's water under the bridge at this I hope point. So. We love you, buddy. Thanks, man. Th I, that really means a lot to me, guys. That really does. Thanks a lot. Okay, well, on that note of reconciliation, and uh, let's let's move forward. Yeah, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed it, and our next episode will be the playoff preview yeah, edition. Yeah, bring on the playoffs, bring on the playoffs. I'm ready. I'm ready for some action. I can't yeah. wait. Enjoy the stretch run, everybody. I hope you had yourselves a time. Well, I, I, I hope you had yourselves a time. Hope you had yourselves a time. Hope, hope you had time, time, time.